You're listening to the Sheep Guarding Llama Podcast for Tuesday, July 22nd, 2008. This is episode 60. I am your host, Scott Allen Miller. Welcome to the show. Ah, well, it's great to be back. Um, my goal in this episode, our golden anniversary episode, episode 60, which is pretty cool, is to kind of do a really quick recap of our latest trip to, to Walt Disney World. Dominica and I went in, um, boy, I don't even know the exact dates now, the last day in May and the first three days in June. Um, so this is obviously several weeks ago, and we just we wanted to do the podcast while we were there, but we were so tired. It was it was really was our vacation, and we just didn't have a chance to do it. And uh, so she's not going to be doing this with me. I will be uh, uh, doing this on my own, unfortunately, but uh, she wishes she could be here, obviously. Um, we had a good time. went for four days. This is a little bit longer th- than we went for last year. And uh, this time, uh, our goal was to go a lot slower. We, we've been... Uh, to Disney World plenty of times recently. We're not like in a position where we want to go do all the rides and do all the different things and have to see everything. We really go, and it's about food and relaxing and the resorts and hitting a few of the rides and attractions that we really want to do. And uh, it, it's just it's a completely different experience at this point because we've been enough recently. And we know that late next year we are scheduled to go with her family uh, on a huge 10-day trip to Walt Disney World. Now, uh, we don't know if we're going to be there for all 10 days. We don't really know what's going to happen. But the plan is lots of time late next year in Disney World. Um, and at that point, I'm exp- you know, I keep saying this, but I really expect we're going to be doing a bit of podcasting and lots of pictures and lots of media and stuff because we're going to be, uh, really t- be really tired of the park by the time we're done. So we'll be kind of actually excited to be doing something different, I think. Although it's possible that just like this time, we're just going to be looking forward to sleep and sitting around relaxing and doing nothing and because uh, our, our schedules have been crazy and we're just at a point where we are exhausted uh, a lot of the time. So... Uh, we will see, but uh, I will try my best, uh, but definitely we will have uh, tons of pictures next time. This time we were a little bit lean. I think we took about 55 pictures uh, that went up on the Flickr feed, and uh, for those of you who don't know how to find that, just head over to Flickr, which is, of course, F-L-I-C-K-R dot com slash photos slash Sheep Guarding Llama. And uh, there's a set on there for Disney 2008, and you can see the pictures from this trip, which mostly, uh, you know, I do this every time. I'm completely addicted to the hydroponic facility there at, uh, at the land, and I take tons and tons of pictures of the plants and the different techniques that they're using. And uh, going through my pictures of the land is kind of like seeing uh, the hydroponic facility evolve over the years. You can, you can see the changes uh, because I take so many pictures. And uh, a few years ago, uh, I actually took video of the entire ride, which I've never actually edited and, and gotten up online. So one of these days, that, that might happen uh, right now. I, I use Pinnacle uh, for my, my video editing, and uh, at the moment I don't have that installed, and that kind of uh, puts a damper on things. And we're moving soon, and we have so much going on that I, I have kind of put it off, and I'm hoping that once we move uh, I, will, I will get that installed, and I will uh, get tons of video edited and, and uploaded and, and get back into that because I'm we've been kind of missing out on that. Um, so my goal here is to kind of condense this whole trip into a really quick kind of explanation because we didn't have a whole lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Um, we stayed at the Disney's Wilderness Lodge, which is um, uh, it's located just off of Bay Lake. Um, it actually has waterfront on Bay Lake, which is kind of cool. For those who don't know the, the layout, uh, this is in the Magic Kingdom area, if you will. And the Magic Kingdom and the Contemporary Resort and um, the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian and 
uh, Shades of Green are all located on the Seven Seas Lagoon, which is like the, the primary body of water in Walt Disney World where pretty much all the action takes place. If, if there was one body of water where the action took place. And that's the one that the, the famous monorail loop goes around. And they used to have tons of amazing white sand beachfront on, that, on the Seven Seas Lagoon. But because of recent health concerns in all of Florida, uh, they've shut down all those beaches, which is a real blow to... Um, I don't think too many people use them really, but... It was always kind of a neat attraction that Disney had some of the best white sand beaches in Florida, and, and now they're, you can go stand on them, but you can't swim. Uh, so just to the... Um, I actually don't know what direction it is. It seems like it's to the east, but it may not be. Uh, from Seven Seas Lagoon is an attached body of water known as Bay Lake. And Bay Lake used to have, in the middle of it, uh, Discovery Island, which used to be Disney's zoological park, which was absolutely awesome. It's one of my favorite things ever in Disney World. And they shut that down a number of years ago, which is incredibly sad. Uh, and now it's just a deserted island in the middle of this lake. Um, but on the, uh, on the, I guess, the west side, whatever, it, what seems like the west side of the lake, is uh, the Contemporary Resort, which sits on both bodies of water. And then just a little bit down from there is uh, the the Wilderness uh, Lodge, and uh, then down from there a little ways not on the water is the uh, Fort Wilderness Campground. Um, So the Wilderness Lodge is fairly new, very large, uh, and it's one of the the high-end luxury uh, or deluxe resorts, they call them, with all the amenities, and it's very, very nice. And the thing that they really tout about it is that it's the most romantic of all the Disney resorts, and I think that's probably true. It's uh, it's a little bit more secluded, it's a little bit less child-friendly. Not that they're not child, I mean, it's Disney, they're child-friendly, but it's, uh, it's geared far less towards children. There's fewer children's activities. The theming is a uh, Northwest Canadian uh, lodge, like up in uh, Alberta or British Columbia. And so it's all a style that you don't generally associate with children and things that children would want to do. So children tend to stay away. Now, unlike the Animal Kingdom Lodge, where the, the lodge is centered around the safari, which is very, very cool and makes the the, the resort a gigantic attraction all by itself, uh, the Wilderness Lodge is really just themed very nicely, and it's centered around their swimming facilities, which are very, very nice. And uh, they do have, and I think this is very cool, in their lobby they have uh, the headwaters of a stream that bubbles up in the lobby and goes out through a grate in the in the wall of the of the lodge and flows down through some artificial rock sculpture stuff which is very neat it has little paths you can walk along it and then that turns into a big waterfall that then falls into the swimming pools and i think that's a very nice touch it's very well done it's very romantic at night it's very relaxing it's a nice place to go sit and just you know watch the water and there's so much wildlife uh, all of disney's like this they're very good about wildlife but i think the wilderness lodge is a little bit better than most obviously not as good as the animal kingdom lodge but um <clears throat> the native wildlife is so good that there's tons of uh, Floridian ducks, for example, that just hang out, and uh, we saw many of them just come up on the top of the stream and then just float lazily down the stream towards the waterfall and uh, kind of do this in a cycle, and uh, we had a good time uh, relaxing at the resort. Our hotel room uh, was in the center uh, area, so we actually had a view of the pool uh, and the stream um, from the second floor, which is very nice. We, we enjoyed that. We spent a lot of time out on the balcony, which is something we learned last year when we went to the Animal Kingdom Lodge, that uh, there, there's so much nice stuff about Disney that you can do without going into the parks, and it's so much more relaxing to, to take some time off and not worry about going to see everything that we uh, we spent quite a bit of time doing that. We really enjoyed it. So 
So we we were very happy with our our accommodations, and uh, I'm not sure we would do it again compared to the Animal Kingdom Lodge. The the Wilderness Lodge is definitely very nice in that it's very very close. So you want to go to the Magic Kingdom, you want to get to other resorts. It's fast. But the Animal Kingdom Lodge was so awesome with the safari that it really gave you a, a place to go in your own resort where you could spend an entire day and not worry about going to the park. And uh, I think if I was to pick, uh, if I only had one resort that I could stay at in Disney, I, I, I lean towards the Animal Kingdom Lodge because of that. That's it's just such a great feature. And, uh, and I do prefer the food at the Animal Kingdom Lodge a little bit over the Wilderness Lodge, but... Uh, they're both really, really good there. You can't uh, can't complain with either. So our, our first day, we decided that uh, we arrived, um, and I'm I'm actually reading uh, Sheep Guarding Llama as I do this, trying to remind myself of exactly what uh, we did because it was just uh, it was long enough ago, and it's such a blur. And I'm so exhausted now. Uh, I just worked a full day, and I'm pretty tired. But uh, I want to get this out because it just needs to be done. Um, so I, I worked on May 30th. I, I put in a really long day. I actually worked till 11.30 at night, which was, which was horrible. And then we got up at 4.30 in the morning so that we could get out to uh, Newark Liberty International Airport and uh, fly down to Florida. Now, I should say, uh, we've always flown AirTran in the past, and for some reason we got better rates this time on Continental. And let me tell you, direct flight with Continental was a great price. We were treated wonderfully. We had just a great flight. We were very happy with Continental. And on the way back, uh, they actually gave us free uh, four whiskeys um, just because they had them extra and the, the flight was half empty and they were just showing us a movie and they wanted to get rid of them. And so they just gave, it was really nice. We were just very impressed with how, how nice they were to us. And, and they gave us enough whiskey that, that we're like, well, we can't drink this. And they're like, oh, just take it home. So uh, it's actually sitting on the fridge. Um, so that was, we really had a good impression with them. And Dominica would not be happy if I uh, did not mention, um, she used for the first time C-bands, uh, which I had never heard of before. These are little acupressure bands. You wear them on your wrist and they press on a, a acupuncture, uh, acupressure point on the inside of your wrist and they work for um, uh, seasickness, motion sickness, that kind of thing. So people who are flying or, or basically if you need to take Dramamine but you don't want to you know, actually take medicine, this is a, a potential alternative. And um, I'm pretty sure that this was not going to work. We were not convinced that this was actually a good way to prevent motion sickness. But Dominica wore them both directions uh, and did not get sick at all. Absolutely swears by them now, thinks they're the greatest thing. And uh, um, definitely wants everyone to know that they're definitely worth trying out even if uh you know you don't think it's going to work for you it's worth it's worth investigating because they're not expensive and uh they're not medicinal so very very uh, happy with that um so we landed at orlando and we took the disney's magical express which is great we just love dealing having the magical express deal with everything because it's it's actually run by mirrors which is the big bus service for all the resorts but it's branded with disney and mirrors does a great job uh you know, no matter what, um, but having that they to just have a constant run to the, the Disney hotels, they take care of everything for you, and it just makes life very, very easy. Um, and it's included uh, when you stay at the Disney Resort, so it's also free, which is which is pretty nice. Um, so they took us to the uh, the resort on our first day, and um, we relaxed there for a little while, and uh, then our first thing was to run down to the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, to get dinner, we had reservations at Boma, our favorite favorite restaurant in Disney World, and uh, it was very cool. It did take a while to get down there. We're not very impressed with how Disney's doing with their bus service recently. Uh, it seems that, uh, the, especially with the Animal Kingdom Lodge, because it's so far away from everything, that they're having a really hard time 
getting people to and from that resort. They don't have enough buses on the route, they don't run frequently enough, and you can be stuck easily waiting an hour to get to uh, your hotel. And when you're at a deluxe resort, that doesn't seem like that should happen. And people who want to go eat at deluxe resorts, because they have many of the best restaurants are located out at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, uh, it shouldn't be such a hassle getting out there. They should want people to get to and from quickly and get them back into the park spending money and, and not sitting on buses, which is not uh, not the best experience. Um, Boma was awesome, as, as always. Uh, we actually had a really cool experience. We've been at Boma now often enough that we actually knew our waitress. Uh, she was from She's originally from Buffalo and we had her last year and uh, so it was pretty cool that we're like, hey, you're our waitress last year and she's like, oh, I remember you and uh, that, that was kind of neat you, you know we eat at Boma way too much um, when that starts happening um, so at that point after dinner uh, we we kind of had the evening to kill, uh, and it was very warm. And I I told Dominica that before we went, I'm like, this is really really warm. We shouldn't be going. It's 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 a really hot time of year. But she really wanted to go because we're just not gonna have a chance again for until late next year. So we went anyway, and it was hot and humid, and it was just oh, it was hot. Um, so we weren't gonna go into the park tonight. So we we went over to the. Um, uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, but we didn't go in. We did, we just took the the transportation to it, and from there we hopped on the boat over to uh, the boardwalk. Dominic has never been to the boardwalk, so she wanted to see it, even if we weren't really going to have time to go do anything. We weren't really looking at staying out late or anything, so it was it was kind of a, an easy night. Uh, but it was really nice taking this um this this lazy boat ride through a bunch of the areas that she's never seen connected by water before and uh, and over to um, the boardwalk. Now, I have to tell you, this is very neat, and we never did find out exactly what was going on. While we were waiting for the boat uh, to the east, uh, over the trees, there was a massive fire. I mean, there was a fire so big that there were multiple helicopters flying around it, and as we were riding the buses, everyone was watching this fire, and we couldn't actually see the flames, but the, the smoke was just huge. It was definitely, you know, a mile or more away. It was some distance, um, and we never found out what it was, but where we were waiting for the boat, right there at the, the Hollywood Studios boat launch, um, there were, was huge pieces of ash and, like like, flakes of burnt wood raining down on us. We were in a position where the ash was falling, but the smoke was not at ground level. So we weren't, like, coughing from smoke or anything, but we were covered in, in big chunks of ash and, and burnt wood and paper, and uh, it was it was something to see. It was a unique experience being that close to a fire that large and having the, the ash make it to you, but not the smoke. So it was, it was completely comfortable, and the sky changed color, and and uh, it was it was interesting. Everything got really quiet from the from the size of the fire, and uh, but we never found out what it was. Uh, we did I did I checked on maps and I uh, checked the news. I was just never able to find out what it was. Uh, so we went to the boardwalk uh, from there, um, and pretty much just walked the boardwalk. Took it really easy. Kind of you know saw things we might want to do at some point in the future, but weren't really in the mood to do today. Uh, we got some ice cream at the Boardwalk Creamery and just sat down and relaxed. And we, we hit the uh, the pastry shop there, the patisserie, located on the Boardwalk and picked up some food for uh, breakfast the next day and then pretty much decided that we were going to call it a day. Um, it was We were pretty tired and we didn't really have any uh, pressing need to do anything on that particular day, so we just uh, took it easy and, um, and uh, decided to head back to the hotel and get some sleep, which was... A uh, very big deal for us because we were just exhausted. 
So on June 1st, uh, this would be, um, I believe this is Sunday. Uh, we went down on Saturday on May 31st. Um, I guess I should have uh, made that more explicit somewhere so even I would know what it was. Um, but I took Monday and Tuesday off of work. So uh, I had worked late on Friday. We went down Saturday. That was yesterday. And now on June 1st, Sunday was our, our really big park day. This is our day we really dedicated to being in the parks all day and getting as much as we could done. So uh, we hit Epcot first thing, which was nice. They had their early morning hours, so we went there, and most everything we always want to do is in Epcot. So uh, we went there and did um, uh, some cool stuff uh, that we've been looking forward to. Um, the, the big thing uh, for both of us, really, is doing Spaceship Earth. Uh, Dominica's favorite ride is Spaceship Earth. It's not my favorite, but it's really good. I, I, like, I like it a lot. And... Um, this uh, what's happened recently with Spaceship Earth. Uh, traditionally, it was sponsored by AT and T. This is uh, for, oh, probably for 20 years. It was maybe more. It was sponsored by AT and T, and then in the last few years, uh, they had dropped their sponsorship for it. And Disney's been looking for someone to pick that up. And fairly recently, uh, Siemens did that and decided that the, the ride was pretty old and it definitely was dated. Uh, I remember riding on the ride in '87 when it was five years old and still the original everything. And uh, up until pretty even last year, uh, the only thing that I was aware of having changed uh, in the ride was that the narration, um, the original narration, which I, I don't know who did that, was replaced with Jeremy Irons uh, and a new script uh, at some point right around the time that The Lion King came out. Uh, and then this time they went through, they did a whole cleaning, they replaced huge portions of the ride, the whole second half of the ride has been replaced, uh, some really key pieces of the, the early part of the ride has been replaced, the script has been completely rewritten to be an actually a different storyline to some degree, and uh, it is now narrated by Judy Dench, uh, which is very cool. Um, I do miss Jeremy Irons, he did a great job with it, but uh, Judy Dench also is awesome, And uh, but the updates are amazing, they really do make the ride a lot better, and the second half is, oh, it used to be so bad, and now it's um, it's not great, but it's the improvement is, is pretty unbelievable, and we do recognize the fact that the second half of the ride, there's very, very little for the Imagineers to work with, so the fact that it's not exciting, it's not necessarily their fault, they have a, a tough time with it, but they did some really interesting stuff um, that I, I think worked out pretty well, I think people will like it a lot more, and children will be a lot more uh, entertained by it than they, than they used to be. So, uh, um, we were very happy with that. There was so much opportunity for bad things to have happened to the ride that, uh, we, we could have been very, very sad, but, uh, we, we ended up being very happy with it. Uh, we did our usual stuff. We, we rode the land, uh, which I, I absolutely have to do several times every time we're in Disney World. I just, I, I can't not do it <laughs> several times. It's my favorite thing. And, uh, we did, uh, ExxonMobil's Universe of Energy, which hasn't been updated in a long time and, and really needs to be. I'm not sure what needs to be done. Um, the actual ride portion needs to be updated. Uh, the bit that they do with, uh, Ellen DeGeneres is great, um, but I think that needs to be updated, but I really hope they get Ellen back, because she did such a great job. Um, I don't really enjoy Bill Nye the Science Guy, and I think he really detracts from Ellen's bit of the show, um, but they had, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis in it, and all these great people, um, Alex Trebek, uh, does it, it's, um, it's really well done. I just I just wish some of it would be updated because the the ride really is uh, waning in popularity. Uh, it's always empty, and there just aren't enough people riding it. And it's it's a classic, and there's so much good stuff to it that 
I, I hope nothing bad happens to it, I guess. Um, we skipped a lot of stuff after that. Um, we just, it was really, really hot, and we weren't looking forward to do anything that would involve lines or waiting too much. Uh, we really just, we just wanted to take it easy. Those were, we hit the big things that we really needed to do, and um, we didn't really have any plans beyond that. So uh, this worked out perfectly, though. We, we went a bunch of places trying to figure out what we wanted to do for lunch, and it turned out we were too early. We did everything that we really wanted to do in Future World uh, in Epcot, and we're done before the World Showcase even opened. And we could, there's really no food. My, I mean, there is if you really need food, but if you're just looking for a good meal, you're kind of left with no options until the World Showcase opens. And most of those restaurants don't start serving food for a little while just because they need time to, to prep and they know people can't get to them that quickly. So you kind of end up in a situation where there's no food if you aren't um, prepared to eat a little bit late uh, at lunch in Epcot. And now that Epcot closes so early, they're actually starting to have problems with dinner too, which is, this is a huge shame because the, because the whole Epcot experience is food and amazing dining experiences. I mean, there are so many amazing places to eat in Epcot and not a lot of, you know, there's good cuisine, but Epcot also offers this, this whole ambiance that, that varies from each place in the World Showcase to another. And uh, you don't want to miss them, and yet it's so difficult. To, you know, you, Okay, if you do a late lunch and an early dinner, or, or not a late dinner, I guess, you need to eat by like 7.30 or 8 before you start having problems. Uh, if you can do that, you're okay, but it does require planning because you just can't wait on dinner too late and you, you can't eat lunch too early. Um, but it worked out as, as perfectly as I can imagine it ever working for us on this particular time. Uh, we waited just long enough, uh, we walked around, and we came to the Mexico Pavilion. And uh, I have always, since 1987 when I first went to Epcot, wanted to eat at the San Angel Inn in the Mexico Pavilion, which, uh, for those, who've know, who've, those of you who have never been in the Mexico Pavilion, the, uh, Mexico is a, a big pyramid, a uh, Mayan pyramid or Aztec pyramid, I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and inside is, um, in the front, there's a little uh, kind of museum thing. It's a, it's a little, um, uh, they, they have exhibits that change from... from um, season to season, so it's kind of a little museum thing. It's very small, but it's cute, and it's a nice introduction to the culture of Mexico, and it, it adds for some interest for people. You know, like us, you know, we go there often enough that we always take the time to go around the museum piece and see what new is is on exhibit, and uh, this time they're doing the animals, the wood animal carvings of Oaxaca, which was very cool. Um, and then uh, you go in, and there's like a little open-air market all inside. So it feels like an open-air market, but you're actually inside the pyramid. And then <clears throat> down below this open-air market is the San Angel Inn, which is this really, really cool restaurant in very traditional, um, what I consider Mexico City styling, like like riverfront in Mexico City. And then um, down to the, the left is like a little waiting area. You go down, and there's a boat launch that takes you out on the uh, what, what used to be the um, Rio del Tiempo, the Rivers of Time ride, and I believe the waterway is still called the Rio del Tiempo, but it's um, uh, the Grand Fiesta Tour is the name of the ride now. Uh, they've they've redone it in recent years, and it's a it's a big improvement. Um, it's still not the most exciting of rides, but it, it is a very pleasant ride. But the really cool bit is right at the boat launch point. The boat starts off and goes into this kind of it's, it's a very, very small body of water inside this pyramid, but this is like this little lake. And on your 
left there's this uh, pyramid drawn as if it's off in the background uh, and you're, you're very much in the dark and you sail right past the people eating at the San Angel Inn and the ambiance is one of if not the best places in all of Disney World and I, I do not do it justice by describing it here uh, when you actually go there and you sail past all these people eating it really makes you feel like it's, it's late at night and you're in Mexico City and this is a really really fancy Mexico City restaurant and, and you're actually getting a gondola ride on uh, one of the the waterways there and it's just gorgeous and i've always wanted to eat there with the boats going by and uh the the candles on the table and the great food um and it just never worked out and i should point out that this is a fairly large restaurant with um i can only imagine around 100 tables or so and only you know 10 or 12 of those get to be waterfront so uh while i've always wanted to eat there uh the the realistic uh point is that I, I probably would never get to eat at the waterfront. So uh, we saw that it was open, and I, I begged Dominic, I'm like, I really want to eat here. It's lunch. This is our chance. We don't have any plans. We don't know where else we're going to eat. And she's like, all right, all right, we'll see if we can get in, because everything was booked uh, at that point. Because the new Di- the Disney dining plans have changed everything, and getting into restaurants is impossible now, anywhere, all the time. Just everything's booked all the time. They're, they're building new restaurants to deal with this, but right now, you can't eat if, you're not, if you don't have reservations. And uh, we went in. And she was able to get reservations uh, for like 45 minutes after we were there. and um, But they said, you know, come back in like half an hour. Maybe we can squeeze you in. And so we went. We did a couple things. And we, we went back. And right as we went in, um, a, a, the only two-person table on the waterfront opened up. And they walked us right up to it and sat us down. And we had the most amazing meal sitting right on the water. It was it was one of those moments I will always remember. I was so excited that I got to do it. And I know it doesn't sound like a big thing, but I've been wanting to do this for 21 years to eat at this particular table. And uh, I finally got to do it. And it's, uh, if you, uh, I'm sure the tables will change over time, but it was the very front left table in the corner. So right as the boats come out, right on the water, um, I sat facing the boat launch and Dominica sat facing uh, kind of the open expanse of the lake. So she actually had the better view, I think, but I kind of got to see the, the boats coming out. And uh, there's nothing vegetarian on their menu, uh, but Disney is very good about vegetarian food. And so, uh, and this is, you know, a really nice restaurant. This isn't, uh, you know, counter service or anything like that. Um, so when our waiter came over, we just said, you know, we'd, we'd really like something vegetarian. And he said, oh, our, you know, our chef has a specialty that he does, if that's something you'd like. And, of course, they'll do, you know, whatever you want. But uh, we decided to go for... Um, uh, the, the chef's vegetarian specialty, which wasn't on the menu, and we are so happy. It was delicious, and we actually got to see it before we ate it because uh, the woman at the table next to us had ordered it, um, and they pointed it out to us, uh, but it was oh, it was delicious. So it was just a great meal with the absolute perfect table with this great ambiance. Uh, after 21 years, I was just so happy <laughs> that we got to do that. So that was one of the that was one of the all-time highlights of my trips to Disney World over the years. Um, so we were, we were pretty excited. And then, uh, after that, we, we just pretty much walked a little bit around the world showcase and decided to go home. Uh, we took some pictures, right? We, um, we went through Norway and there was a Norwegian folk band playing some live music and we just sat down for maybe 20 minutes and listened to them, which is very cool. It's one of those cool Disney things that I think a lot of people skip. They, they skip the live music and they skip the impromptu, um, 
uh, acrobatic shows and uh, you know crazy things that go on, especially in Epcot. There's so much live entertainment, and everybody just walks by or, or ignores it, and uh, it's really sad because there's um, there's just some really great stuff that goes on uh, that that if you take the time to uh, enjoy it, um, you get a lot more out of your experience, and that's a lot of what you're paying for when you're when you're at Disney World. Um, so uh, from there, it was just too hot. We couldn't take the heat. Uh, we went back and um, and slept, actually, at uh, the Wilderness Lodge for several hours and, because we had dinner reservations at Artist Point, which is one of the uh, uh, signature uh, uh, restaurants in Disney World, which are uh, the, the very top tier. There's one um, restaurant, Victorian Alberts, which is just... Head and tails above head and sh- head and tails. That's not a what was that? Um, head and shoulders above all the other restaurants. Uh, Victorian Alberts at the Grand Floridian Beach Resort. Um, that's their their five star restaurant. It's impossible to get in. It's um, just supposed to be amazing. But then just under that, they have a number of the Disney signature restaurants, which are the group of top restaurants. Um, and then they have the deluxe full service restaurants under that, which I mean they they're pretty close, but uh, the signatures do cost more. They do take more uh, dining plan points, uh, and Artist Point is, um, is is pretty famous at this point for being uh, one of the best, if not the best, of the signature restaurants. Um, so we had uh, reservations there. Uh, we were the very first table to be seated right at um, six, uh, uh, five thirty, and uh, it was right in our hotel, which is very nice. And we went up. And it is a beautiful restaurant, absolutely amazing, and the wait staff was incredible, and uh, they have a constantly changing menu, as you would expect, and I was able to get uh, Copper River Salmon, which was unbelievable, uh, just incredibly delicious, everything with the meal was great, we we had a wonderful time, um, we were just very happy. It's, it's a great place. If and, and the thing is, is it's not necessarily good for family dining. This is a very fancy restaurant, um, but the food really was amazing and very worth it in our opinion. Uh, and the views were nice, looking down over the pools and the the, the river flowing through that. And uh, we had a good time. We're, we're very glad that we went, and uh, it was it was a very good dining experience. Um, after eating. Uh, our dinner. We actually then headed that late, uh, actually, so probably around 7 o'clock, we actually headed to the Magic Kingdom, and uh, we actually had enough time to go into the Magic Kingdom starting at 7 o'clock at night and do absolutely everything that we wanted to do in the Magic Kingdom several times over. We rode uh, every ride we could possibly have wanted to do, some that we were Kind of sorry that we did. Uh, we did like the we we were started doing things like the Country Bear Jamboree, uh, which I have not done since 1987, and uh, it's really bad. Um, <laughs> it's incredibly boring. It the sound is awful. You can't understand a word that's being said. Every all the speakers are blown out, and the the PA is turned way too loud for the quality of the equipment. So it's all distorted, and it hurts your ears, and uh, everything's dirty and dusty, and. Um, it's really sad because the Country Bear Jamboree was is a classic, and it was uh, all stuff built for the original River Country ride that they never did, and so it's got a lot of history behind it, and people just, you know, the, the, the idea of it was so cute, and I remember loving it when I was a kid, and, and I'm sure kids still do, but seeing it now as an adult was, was depressing that uh, that was that is now my memory of the Country Bear Jamboree. Um, it's really 
too bad. Uh, but we did get to do things like Pirates of the Caribbean. We didn't get to do Jungle Cruise. It did have a long line, and we just decided it wasn't worth it. We've done it enough in the past. We can quote every joke. We know exactly what the ride does, so we skipped it because uh, it just wasn't didn't fall below our, our weight threshold for the evening. Um, but we did do uh, Liberty Square, uh, or in Liberty Square, I should say, we did the Haunted Mansion, which has been redone. Uh, just just opened a few weeks before we made it, or maybe a few days before we made it, um, and they, they redid a bunch of the stuff, so it's a little bit scarier than before, and a bunch of the effects have been fixed up, and a bunch of the, the kind of rickety stuff. The ride was getting old, um, and they fixed a lot of it up. It's still very much the same ride. You will not be disappointed if you enjoyed the original ride. Uh, they did not take that away, um, but they have fixed some things. They've added some things. They've taken a few bad things away, uh, and for the most part, it's, it's a pretty big update. Um, I'm sure that cost them a fortune, and and uh, it definitely did make the ride better. Um, I've never been, a, excuse me, I've never been a huge fan of um, just, just horror-themed rides in general. But uh, this one's always been, you know, a classic and very well done. And uh, I think most people will will continue to enjoy it and uh, definitely find that the updates were were positive. Um, so we just did a, you know, a bunch of our standard stuff, and of course the Carousel Progress, which we just love. Oh, it's so good. Uh, possibly the oldest ride, I think, in, in all of Disney, uh, having been made for the, the World's Fair uh, before uh, Disneyland even opened. Um, and uh, you know, it, hasn't, it wasn't changed, so uh, it, it's the ride that we already knew, but um, we just can never pass it up. Uh, we did ride Buzz Lightyear again, and last year I beat Dominica every time we rode it, and by no small margin, but she will be very happy that I'm telling you that she did beat me on Buzz Lightyear's Space Adventure game this year. We only rode it once, and she did beat me. She did make me drive, which is um, much harder to play when you're driving, um, but she did beat me legitimately, and uh, so I am telling you, so if she talks to you, you tell her that I told you that... Uh, she beat me. And it does say it on the website as well. If you go to Cheap Grinding Llama and look it up, yeah, I, I admitted that she beat me. Um, at that point, we, we pretty much we did everything we wanted to do. We were, we were heading out. We were about to head back to the Wilderness Lodge to, to get some rest. And uh, and as we were heading out, we are walking through Tomorrowland, and we, we had plenty of time to go do more rides. We couldn't decide if we wanted to do anything, and we saw this Monsters, Inc. laugh floor. And... We said, well, you know, it's a ride we haven't done, um, and it's comedy. We'll, we'll probably enjoy it, even if it's boring. You know, we're like, what? all right, fine. So we went up, we asked someone, we're like, what's the weight like? They're like, you can go right in. We're like, uh, okay, okay. So we decided that we were going to give it a try, and we are so glad that we did. We went in, and uh, the, we could not go right in. I don't know what they were talking about. We did have to wait about 20 minutes, and this is one of the big mistakes that Disney makes, is having a big slanted floor uh, for places where you have to wait, because it, it kind of hurts your ankles, and it makes people really, really antsy and upset before they go into a ride. Just They do this with Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, um, and I think they do it in the hopes that it's so painful you forget how bad the ride was, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, because the weight is actually better than the ride, and the weight is the worst one in all of the parks. Uh, but the whole thing's horrible. But but Monsters, Inc., uh, the weight is really uh, boring and uncomfortable, but the actual attraction itself is hilarious and very well done. We were so impressed with the way that this was done. Um, and what it is is that you actually sit in a, in a comedy club, and uh, they have audio animatronics, and um, 
some video effects and stuff that uh, are the the characters uh, that you you kind of interact with, and um, it's live with actual live actors in uh, some hidden room that are. Uh, powering the the monsters that you see on stage so that while the monsters on stage are, are just puppets and videos uh there's actually real actors with real voices uh that you're hearing and so the jokes are live and they're actually interacting with the audience and they they randomly pick people out of the audience to be part of the show and they'll like turn a spotlight on you and put a camera on you and uh you end up on the big screen and and they it, this interactive thing is very interesting and it was very well done and the and the people doing the show were were very very funny and um uh, the whole thing was we really enjoyed it it was far too short uh, I must say it was only maybe ten minutes long, and it would have been better if it was about you know fifteen to twenty minutes, um, considering how long we had to wait and uh, um, how much time is spent getting in and out of the thing. You were just really getting into it and how how funny it was, and then suddenly it was over. Um, there was there was I guess there was too much setup and not enough meat of the, the the ride, but great idea, very well done. If you're in Disney World, definitely go do that. Um, and then that was it. We we decided to call it a night. Uh, we had we were pretty exhausted by that point. It was a long day, um, but uh, uh, it was good. We we had a good time and we did all the stuff that we really needed to do. Now the next day, this would be Monday. Uh, the parks were pretty empty, which worked out really well for us because um, I was off of work. Uh, we actually went out and started the day at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios uh, because the uh, the Hollywood Studios had the uh, extra magic hours that morning, so we had you know plenty of time to go do the things we wanted to do, and at Hollywood Studios, you know, it's very, very hot, because it's all ice, just concrete everywhere, so if you can do it early in the morning, it's great, and there aren't very many attractions there, so unless you're really addicted to the Hollywood Studios-style rides, get in, do your stuff, get out, you'll be much happier. Uh, The only reason we were going to um, Hollywood Studios, because we're we're not really fans of the whole Hollywood Studios thing at all, uh, is because Toy Story Mania has opened there, and we've heard great things about it. We're really interested in trying it out, and uh, we heard it was a lot like the Buzz Lightyear ride in Magic Kingdom, which we really liked last year, so, you know, something new, we've got to go do it, and, you know, being as casual as we are with, with Disney now, blowing half a day just to do one ride is not a big deal. And, uh, you know, no kids with us, so it's not like we're keeping anyone uh, entertained. Um, And there's a restaurant, the Hollywood Brown Derby, we've heard great things about. We really wanted to go check that out as well. And we were able to get early reservations uh, there in um, Hollywood Studios. So it all worked out. There were a couple things we really wanted to do. And other than that, we just wanted to relax. So we got right in, and there was a bit of a wait to get into Toy Story Mania, even as early in the morning as we got there, but it wasn't too bad. And this one, they've definitely done a great job with line management, and the line itself was pretty entertaining, and they have, um, we we learned about this from Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor the night before, um, they have Mr. Potato Head, this huge Mr. Potato Head in the middle of the line, that's an animated plastic animatronic, uh, but there's a real person powering it part of the time. Part of the time it's on auto, and it just says funny things to random people in the line, um, probably even when there's no one there. But a lot of the time there's a person actually looking through a video camera and talking to people in the audience and like making fun of people as they go through the line. So it really makes the line move a lot faster because the line itself is part of the attraction. Um, so that was that was a great idea on Disney's part. And they can, you know, you only have to have someone there part of the time to make it uh, pretty effective. Um, and then the ride itself was really interesting because uh, what they did was they took the idea of um, like Nintendo Wii kind of short carnival games where you're doing like... Um, 
you're holding a gun and you're you're shooting at stuff in a carnival for like uh, you know points like um, knocking the ducks over or whatever. Uh, but they did it so you wear 3D glasses and you ride in a moving car that moves you from vignette to vignette within the game. And uh, it's a little bit hard to explain, but the the combination of real world movement with 3D video and handheld. Uh, really interactive uh, gun kind of things that you use to shoot at stuff. We had so much fun on this ride. It's too bad it had a long line. We would have just gone back through over and over again. It was, this is how video games will be in not, in not too long. Um, but it was incredibly well done. We were just very impressed. Um, I, I do fear that it will be dated very quickly. Um, and that's going to be, they may be sorry that they did a ride that's so based on current technology and so close to what people are doing at home. But at the moment, it's definitely um, very fun. Uh, it's, it, we, we had a great time. Uh, after that, we went and did the, um, the, the great movie ride, which is you know, the classic thing in Hollywood Studios. Uh, all the classic Disney animatronics and the, the big dark ride, all the incredible artwork and just all those things that Disney World is known for. Um, and of course, it was great. It is dated. Uh, they do need to do some stuff to, to bring that more up to date. Um, I did find it interesting. We were uh, riding the ride, and it wasn't too packed. And there were some girls sitting next to me who were probably late teens, maybe maybe pushing 20. And uh, they were definitely completely lost. They didn't know a single one of the movies that the great movie ride takes you through. You know, um, Indiana Jones and, um, uh, oh, of course, now uh, I forget the names of some of them. Um, obviously, uh, um, Oh, the the classic, um, uh, the classic films. Just I, I'm complete blank. I apologize, but tons of classic films like Casablanca and uh, Public Enemy Number One and Fantasia, um, the, those movies, and so many of these girls just had no idea what the movies were about. And at one point during Fantasia, they even leaned over to me and asked what they were talking about because they had this was a Disney movie. They had no idea what it was and never seen it. Um, so I do fear that the, the great movie ride uh, being so much about like classic literature, uh, just, just in the cinema sense, uh, may have left a lot of modern America behind because so few people know the classics anymore that uh, it, it may be wasted on them. So that was kind of sad. Um, after the ride, we decided that we were just, we, we just wanted to relax and stay cool because it was hot out. Uh, we went to the ABC commissary and sat for a long time until it was time for our lunch at the Hollywood Brown Derby. Um, we ate at 1140 at the Hollywood Brown Derby. Food was very good. Um, definitely not the level of, say, Boma or uh, um, uh, Artist Point, but it was a very nice restaurant. If you're in... Um, the Hollywood Studios, uh, a great place to eat, highly recommended, a very nice setting, and it is, of course, the classic uh, replica of the famous Hollywood Brown Derby, so eating there is a neat experience just because it really draws you into the whole classic Hollywood theme that they've got going on. It, it's very cool. Um, after Hollywood Studios, we, we went back to Epcot just because we really didn't have any other plans, um, and it was... Uh, not quite as hot, so we wanted to go do stuff. It was in the 90s, though. When I say not quite as hot, it was 
hot. Uh, uh, we did uh, Spaceship Earth again. We did The Land. Um, and then uh, I convinced Dominica that you know, we had so much time to kill and it was so warm uh, that we did the, the, the hour-long walking tour of um, the, the greenhouses, the behind-the-seeds tour, which I've done several times now, but it's always just so much fun and you learn so much. And uh, we always, you know, I've had interns and researchers and the managers ahead of the entire facility at different times giving the tour. So it's it's different every time and uh, very, very nice. Um, let's see, uh, the O Canada Pavilion, we went there, uh, saw, or I guess the Canada Pavilion and the O Canada movie that they show there. That was updated recently and we watched that with uh, Martin Short narrating, which was better than you would imagine. Uh, Martin Short does tend to ruin whatever he does. Uh, and this was not nearly as awful as it could have been. It was not as good as it would have been had it not been Martin Short, but it was not as bad as Martin Short normally is. Um, they did, though, in the movie, say that, uh, uh, and I decided I'm, I'm addicted to, to making corrections wherever I can, um, that Montreal is the second largest uh, French-speaking city, francophone city uh, in the world after Paris. Um, but, of course, they got that wrong because Paris is not the largest uh, francophone city. It, it's the second largest Montreal. is the third largest. Uh, Kinshasa in the Democratic Republic of the Congo is the largest French-speaking city in the world. Um, so, uh, not a lot of research went into that, apparently. Uh, I think they just kind of said, well, Montreal's this big, Paris is this big, we don't really know any other famous French-speaking cities. And I think that's how they based it. I don't know. Um, we ate at the uh, the Rosen Crown Pub there in England, which was very, very good. They took our favorite thing off the menu, though. They had this, uh, they called it a, uh, a pot pie, a rutabaga pot pie or something last year. It was actually um, Vegetables Wellington, uh, but no one in the U.S. knows what Wellington is, so they didn't call it that. Uh, but they took it off the menu. We were very sad, but we ate there anyway. And uh, while it rained, it just poured while we were there, which was nice because everything cooled down, and we felt so much better <laughs> after after that. And uh, so we walked around for a while more. Uh, we we ate at the Norwegian Bakery, which is like our classic thing, and had the 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 almond covered uh, pretzels and and just and and uh, shul bread. And uh, then pretty much uh, we called it a night very early. Uh, we just gave up on the parks. It was just too hot, and uh, we, we just had no need to, to push and do more. So we, we headed back and uh, uh, took it easy. Um, then June 3rd was our, our final day in the park. Uh, we slept in very late um, and just relaxed, and uh, uh, our goal for the day was relaxing. We, we ordered in room service and we hung out in the, the Wilderness Lodge and just enjoyed the fact that we were in a very nice resort. And uh, we called down and said, you know, we, we'd really like to kind of stay late rather than, you know, getting out of here early. And they gave us a really late checkout, which was awesome. And uh, we just had a great time. We spent a lot of time on the balcony and doing nothing. <laughs> and I uh, couldn't, have, couldn't have really asked for more. We checked out, and we were all ready to go, and we were just waiting for uh, the, the Disney bus to take us uh, on the way um, back to the, the airport, and we, we had time to eat, and we were down in the lobby, and we had heard some really good things about the Whispering Canyon Cafe. Now, the Whispering Canyon Cafe is the uh, kind of the family-level restaurant. It's a full-service restaurant, but it's it's really geared towards family. It's incredibly child-friendly. It is, you know, big portions, far lower prices, not like a signature restaurant at all. That artist point, completely different. You don't dress up to go to the Whispering Canyon. You wear shorts and, you know, whatever you're in, and uh, uh, very low-key, um, but it's right in the lobby, so you're, like, open to the whole lobby of uh, the Wilderness Lodge. 
so we we decided to see if we could get in there and it was it was not busy at all and we were able to walk right in and uh had really good food the the whole experience was great the food was excellent and uh one of the coolest things is they have all you care to eat or drink as the case may be um uh ice cream floats and um, they have really cool flavors. I had bubble gum, but they also had uh, a cotton candy and then chocolate and vanilla and strawberry, and they change all the time. And uh, it's a really fun experience. If you've got kids, or even if you're just you know, looking for a fun place to go eat, check out the Whispering Canyon Cafe. It's not too expensive, very low-key, but the people are just fun and interactive and excited to be working there. And uh, it, it was really good. We were very, very happy with that. Um, the flight home went pretty well. We were on Continental. Everything was great. We got to watch the Spider-Man Chronicles on the flight, which I never get to see movies on flights. So that worked out. It was a movie I wanted to see, but I sure wasn't going to run out and like buy or anything. Um, and uh, it was good. It passed the time really quickly, and uh, we were home. It was a good trip. We enjoyed it. We were looking forward to having a year and a half off uh, and then doing Disney right again uh, late next year. So... Um, Thanks for tuning in to the Sheep Guarding Llama podcast. I'm uh, sorry that it took so long again, and I'm just going to have to keep apologizing time after time because uh, it is tough to get these podcasts out, but uh, I I will try to keep bringing them to you, and I know that uh, people really enjoy listening to them, and that it makes a really interesting kind of counterpoint to the uh, the SGL website, which... uh, we have we have you know eighty to a hundred readers a day right now who check out you know every day reading the site and this is a little bit something extra for them and uh, I know we haven't had very much music recently uh, I time again I'm not going to apologize but uh, we are going to take you out this time with the song this has been I have to tell you uh, I added this to our to be played list on November thirteenth two thousand five so this has been sitting here for almost three years waiting for you to listen to it. But this is the the Night Tales of a Fairy by uh, Fumitaka Anzai. Uh, so I hope you enjoy, and uh, I hope to speak to you again soon. Mm-hmm.